Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. Remember, who was here Sunday morning for the prayer time? And so I got, I got in trouble from God for, take somebody messed up my table, for um, doing a Moses and rebuking Irene for laughing out loud when it wasn't funny. And so the Lord's like, you've got to quit doing that. So I was like, okay, okay. Especially because I didn't realize it was online and I didn't realize who might be watching and all that. So anyway, so I caught Irene. Mean, we, we went to dinner. And so we're asking the Lord, why does, why is there an inappropriate laugh? Like, it's fun to laugh. She's a fun person. She likes to laugh. But why does she laugh like in the middle of intercession where everybody else is, you're almost scared to breathe because Holy Spirit's presence is so serious and it's sobering. And we're talking about, you know, saving the nation. So the Lord began to put in my heart, that's not flesh, that's a spirit. So anyway, so I caught Irene and I was like, hey, let's go to dinner and let's just talk about this and see where this could come from. She comes from a lot of pain in her past. Like she can't even remember anything that happened to her before she was nine years old. Anyhow, <clears throat> she knows there was abuse. So anyway, so it was so cool because I'm driving there. I have no idea for sure, like, what is this, Lord? What's in the way? Because there's been a lot of deliverance and healing. And this might be applying to some of you guys, so get ready. And it just popped right in my spirit. The Lord said, it's a counterfeit of grace. Now, grace is the supernatural empowerment of God by the Holy Spirit to empower us to overcome, to empower us to forgive, to empower us to receive the word of God, to empower us to walk in the fruit of the spirit. It is God's very empowerment by his spirit oh, to cause us to live in the spirit and to walk in the spirit and, and to become completely in the kingdom. Amen? So the counterfeit is something you took on to handle things, usually relationship things with... Um, so that it couldn't get to you, couldn't hurt you. Just what I'm saying. It makes it a counterfeit grace. And if you don't get free from it, you won't know the difference. A counterfeit grace is going to make relationships seem okay that aren't okay. How many know being abused is not okay? Amen? If you can get past abuse or somebody rejecting you or somebody being hateful to you or whatever... Unless you have the Holy Spirit, you can't get through that unharmed. Amen? That's why Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. Because he knows Satan is going to do everything he can to heal, to break our hearts. All right? To break. Remember, we just really kind of caught on to what heart is recently, right? We all say that word. Oh, you love the Lord with all your heart. And so I'm like, Lord, what, what is the heart? Because we know he's not talking about the thing that pumps in our body, right? I mean, the organ called the heart. Without it, you're dead. 
Amen. If it doesn't function right, then you're not going to have very good circulation and all kinds of potential life-threatening things, right? But that's not what he's talking about. So I'm like, Lord, what is the heart? What is the heart? You know, when you're in your word, you talk about the heart all the time. And so the Lord gave it to us a few weeks ago. I kind of knew what it was, but it just connected. It's where your soul and your spirit come are united. It's like that connection between your soul and your spirit. And that's your heart. Isn't that cool? And so when I begin to see that, because I see everything in pictures pretty much, then so if the enemy can get in there and cause a wall or a blockage between your spirit and your soul, then he can keep you in a lot of bondage. Amen? And so you actually can never get in the spirit, though you might not know it, because you can't, your soul cannot cross over into your spirit, so to speak. Your soul is not one with your spirit. Bible calls it a double-minded person. And that word mind, it means soul, a double-souled person. So, so you're not, that's, that's not mentally sound, amen? So, so I've been praying about this because the Lord's going to take us on this journey this year to really learn how to completely set at liberty those who are completely crushed. Basically, people who can no longer reason. The completely, the addict who is so out, out of their brain, you can't even c- communicate. It's like the deliverance. Like, they're setting captives free. You can talk to people. You should know the truth. The truth shall make you free. The anointing breaks the yoke. That's kind of what we've been doing tonight a little bit. But the, the deliverance where the person's completely out of their mind, which we've had a few of those, and I... God can give you grace to do what you don't understand, you're not qualified to do, that you're not even your season to do when he wants to. How good is God? Amen? But he wants us to mature to a place where we always walk in that. He wants the church that's apostolic, that walks in his power, walks in his authority, has his heart, you know, to be able to handle all that. And so that's my heart's desire, Lord. I want to get to that place that when people see me, they really see a good representation of you in the area of love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, long patience, but deliverance, healing, and, and, uh, and so they'll know how good he is. Amen? And that's the, heart, that's the journey we should really be on. We need to get free from selfish ambition and trying to prove something and fame and all this other stuff. And say, Lord, I just want people to know you. I just want them to really see you. Then if they say they don't want you, fine. They're going to go to hell, and it was their choice. But if they just see messed up Christians and decide they don't want you, maybe they would want you. Maybe they just don't want our version of you. Amen? And so as God's purifying the church, what's going to bring the harvest? The harvest isn't coming by some, something so different. It's coming because there's going to be a mature group of believers who really know God, walk with God, and in that yieldedness to Holy Spirit and that heart of God, people are going to be drawn and we're going to have a harvest. He's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh, amen? But it's going to be, uh, I think the pouring out is going to come from his people who know him, amen? We always see something pouring out. Well, he poured out baptism, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. But there's no talk about a second outpouring of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is there? There is about he is going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. But I believe, I believe he's showing me this right now, that's going to come through his people, Amen? Through his people, through the anointing on his people. So anyway, so now let me say, when I say some of these things, if you start getting tormented, it means I'm hitting it on the nail and the devil doesn't want you to hear this. 
Can I get an amen? The more you want to run out of here, probably the closer you are to being free. Amen? And for those who know, we used to be pretty full. But when people, it's hard. It's one thing to come and hear what other people have done to you and say, yeah, I'll forgive. It's another thing to find out what God wants to get out of you. Amen? Because that thing's got guards around it saying, you can do anything, but don't come here. You don't touch. Okay, so false grace, counterfeit grace is that. It is like a wall that says, uh-uh, don't come here. And so, and it's going to make a way. So, so it'll keep a spirit of heaviness. So anything that that thing held back for our sister that we were just praying for another one there, trying not to use names. Um, anything that that thing blocked the anointing from setting free, now we're trusting Holy Spirit to take that person into those encounters with God to be healed. Amen? So it's not a bad thing or a scary thing. God's going to do what he's going to do. And he wants his thing. God wants us free more than we want to be free. It's for freedom. He sets us free. It's just straight. I want him free. God's like, I just want him free. He wants us free from his enemy, who is now our enemy, from trying to make us not know God or understand God. Amen? He just really, if it was, well, then why did he put him here? He put him here for us to rule over him. That's why he was here. Guess what? Before this is all said and done, many of us are going to rule over the enemy. Amen? He's going to be seriously in trouble. That's what God's plan is. God's plan is, I'm going to have a people. See, it wasn't that big a deal at all for Jesus, for the Father, to toss Lucifer out of heaven. How many know that was like a yawn, you know, if even that much? Right? So that wasn't like, oh, can you believe God beat the created being, Lucifer? That, that's not hard for anybody to believe. But look at God. God is extremely cool. And he's extremely creative. And he's actually a lot of fun. So what does God do? You know what? Let's throw his little behind, his little fried behind down to planet Earth. And hey, let's do that Adam thing we're going to do. You know, where we make human beings in our likeness and our image. And we, they can be our family if they choose us. And that's going to be their free will choice. So this is going to be the most interactive game of all time. Because these little human beings made in our image and likeness, they get to make choices. And you know, that ugly Lucifer down there, he could try to persuade them to do what he wants. Or they can do what we want, led by our spirit. And let's just see what happens. And if they want to do what we want, they're going to have authority over him. Now, won't that be something? Human beings, not just God. And that's not hard for anybody to understand that God has destroyed the works of the enemy. Amen? So Jesus came in the flesh to demonstrate how you overcome. And he had flesh. Amen? He had flesh, so he could be tempted. He could be lied to. The enemy could do all these things. Amen? That's how he, cho he chose. Jesus is like, let me go walk like they walk. Let me grow up like they grow up. Let me walk like they walk. Let me have the exact same life that they have. And just being led by you, Holy Spirit, not in my own strength, but led by you, let me show them how this works. Amen? So when you read the Gospels, you need to see that's what we're looking at for an intention. The intention is that we're going to see that and go, wow, I'm going to be an imitator of Christ. 
Dang, isn't that a scripture? I'm going to imitate Christ. This is what Christ does when he sees sickness. This is what Christ did when, when he encountered a situation with a demonized person. This is what Christ did. But there's a key in what Christ did that a lot of people miss in their immaturity. And that key is Jesus got to such a place, he only did what he saw his father doing. He only said what he heard his father say. Now, how many knows that's not happening yet in the church? Why? Because if it happens, it works every time. Jesus never missed it because he only did. Now, why was, why was, why was that so important? Because he's saying the way this is going to work, the only way you're going to overcome the enemy, the only way you're going to have power and authority is to do what I say. Me, that's God, not Cindy. Amen. Don't do what I say. Do what God says. Amen. Do what I say and watch what you can do in Christ. Amen. Does everybody, that's what Christianity is about. That is what, that's the only reason you should still breathe after you get born again. So you can glorify God. Come on, guys, let's get in this ride, amen? Let's get in this interactive thing that God set up where we've already won with, because we're in Christ, amen? Live like that, think like that, breathe like that, change your stinking thinking, amen? And I know everybody uses that, but it did rhyme. Okay, so just really, really realize, okay, this, this is who I am in Christ. That's why last week we talked about being in Christ. I hope you looked at it. I think everybody in here ought to study being in Christ, study all the scriptures that say in Christ. You've got to understand being in Christ is not a soulish place. It's not something you can physically put yourself in. In Christ is your spirit, one with the spirit of the living God. Amen? And you can get so strong walking in Christ, dead to self, alive in Christ, that, that you seem so smart. Like, I'm just saying, when I'm ministering to somebody, you wouldn't think I'm ministering. I'm just talking to you. But God starts telling me the answers. Like, we'll see if they do. This is what's wrong with that. He doesn't say it like that. Sometimes he does. But what he does is all of a sudden you start thinking, and now you've, you're, you've entered into the spirit. In the spirit, you have the mind of Christ. In the spirit, you already know what's wrong. In the spirit, you already know what the bondage is. In the spirit is, if you've got the gift, you can flow in the gift of knowledge, and you can know what happened to them, that they don't even know that happened to them. Don't feed them lies. But, and all of a sudden, you can have the wisdom of what do we do now. And it's actually supposed to get so smooth going that nobody can tell when he starts and when you end. Amen? But you better know when it's him and not touch his glory. Amen? And, and you really only have to know if you sit there and go, I didn't know any of that. I didn't think any of that. I don't know. And then, and then what happens? What happens when all of a sudden God shows you it's a false grace? Well, that's cool. I'm sitting there ready for this long conversation and who knows how many hours afterwards of deliverance and all this. And the Lord's like, oh, by the way, right before we order lasagna, like, oh, it's false grace. I'm like, dang, that was easy. I said, here's what it is. Well, that makes sense. Okay. Well, let's just eat and have a good time. Come back and pray and get it out. Amen? And, and that's what we did. And I'm so thankful. Yay. Amen? But you got to get to this place. He wants to flow. Does anybody want him flowing in you like that? You want the mind of Christ. You got to be in Christ. You want the mind of Christ. It's not, see, and, and I know people make fun of death to self, but it's in the Bible. Kim, it doesn't matter if it's your favorite person who preaches or teaches. When they say something that doesn't line up with the word of God, just just get it they're not there yet or they're jealous or whatever it is that's between them and god amen how many know everyone in ministry is still a 
a new create if they're in true ministry they're new creation in christ jesus and that new creation includes flesh amen it's like god in flesh he didn't get rid of the flesh so you got to learn to discern is this flesh or is this god well the truth is when it ever goes against the word of god it's flesh amen but everybody's at different places and growing, and different people have different parts in the body. So I just, it doesn't phase me anymore. You just have to get them straight. Don't they know they're wrong there? And I'm like, let me pray for them. Amen? So, so the truth is, when I die to self, now, I don't take that, I don't, ki- I don't kill myself, amen? Like, that would be like a suicide kind of thing, and that's terrible. Don't do that. Death to self means, I want to live for you, God. I want you to be in charge. I I just want, take over. Amen? Then his grace does. Amen? His supernatural empowerment by his spirit takes over. And you can't make it happen. That's the God part of it. Amen? And people who like to be in charge and in control don't like that part. Because they don't know how can I get there if I am not in charge of getting there. And you say, die. (laughs) Lord, do what you want, when you want, and how you want. Wake up in the morning and just say, thank you, Lord, in my life. Do what you want, how you want, and when you want. And don't be surprised. He he never doesn't do anything. Okay? You're going to find yourself in all kinds of situations when you really say to God, hey, let's have a good time. What do you want to do? And then you find yourself talking to somebody or running into somebody you haven't seen. It's just amazing. He's amazing. He's amazing. Everyone in here will have hundreds of stories, God's stories, when you get in the spirit. And you mean it and you walk it and you die to self. And what does the enemy do to try to keep self alive? Keep taking you back to your hurt past. Keep, keep trying to keep you in counterfeit. Make you think that, um, that a counterfeit of the real is the same deal. It's not. Amen? So, so just get, get where, I don't care what it is, Lord, whatever counterfeit thing is in my life, get it out. I'm not trying to feel better about myself, amen? I always say, I'm not trying to feel better about myself. I just want what's real. Holy Spirit, only you know that. So I trust you to take care of it. I just trust God to take care of it. I'm not trying to make it happen like, God, you know, well, God, come on, make it happen. He's like, he's, he's off doing something else. <laughs> like, okay, when you get tired of trying, <laughs> when you get tired of trying to think you can make me do this, then, you know, it's faith. Faith is supernatural. So anyway, so we're going to really deal with some of these issues. Tonight, though, we're going we're gonna to do the topic that is going to help everyone to get more into Christ. And we want to help you to be more in Christ. It'll help you to... A lot of what I do is try to help you see what is in Christ and what is a counterfeit or flesh area that you don't know the difference. Amen? Because from what I see, a lot of the church is more in the flesh and religious than flowing in the spirit. And because of the covering doctrine, which is the demonic doctrine, shepherding doctrine, any of that denominational doctrine, even who's your tribe, any of that divisive stuff, I'll be honest, is basically having you look to someone and follow them. And in Galatians, it says, when I look to a person to, to take the place of God in my life, I'm bewitched. Do you understand what that means? It means there is a demonic spirit that's attached to that whole idea that I'm supposed to be following, uh, 
I'm supposed to be submitting myself to a human being as if they were God. Amen. And Jesus says, clear, call no man father. And yet we have entire doctrines right now of everyone needs a father. Why would Jesus tell me to call no one father if he's going to make up an end time doctrine that I'm supposed to find a father? Right? The reason it says call no man father, call no man teacher, is don't let anyone take the place of the Holy Spirit. Don't let any, Jesus died. His main intentions of dying was to destroy religion, amen, which was to rend the veil and take away the separation of God and his people. Jesus died, poured out his blood, did every single thing needed for you personally to connect to the headship of Jesus Christ and to have the Holy Spirit living in you and to start an awesome ride in God, amen? Now, where are the places that we identify once we are in Christ, we shouldn't identify in these places anymore. But how many know, mm, gosh, this is good. Okay. What is one of the main things in our culture now trying to destroy our nation? Identity, what do they call it? Identity politics. Right? Identity politics. Well, remember, nothing in your nation can show up unless it's in the church. Everybody get it. Quit looking at how bad politicians are and look in the mirror. The reason there's different rebukes and corrections to the seven churches in the book of Revelations is because every single area is different, every individual body is different, everything's different based on what's in those people. Amen? And get serious about looking at your families and things to say, well, what's there that as being someone filled with the Holy Spirit, it should look different. Amen? So the identity politics is just a uh, picture of all the identity crisis in the church. Trying to find out what tribe you're with. Trying to find out what denomination. Trying to find out, you know... And Galatians says, why do you say you follow Paul? And some say they follow Paulus. What's Paul? What's a policy? Because we can't do anything. They're like, it's not about us. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. So we want to get our identity in Christ. We don't want to get our identity in, oh, we're part of the charismatic movement. We're part of this or I know this person. We need to get free from that so we can enjoy everything God's doing everywhere. Amen? And not touch what he's doing. Not touch what he's doing. Recognize is not all him, but re- but see what he's doing. The Holy, Spirit, I had apologize to the Holy Spirit really big this year because all of a sudden I realized all my criticalness and all my fault finding was basically saying Holy Spirit doesn't know how to do his job. And right now, if anyone believes that God cannot pull our nation out of the mess of the 2020 mess, we're basically saying, well, Holy Spirit, you done failed. Okay. Now we know Holy Spirit can't fail, right? But they set it up. For Holy Spirit to live inside of us and make us new creations in Christ Jesus with him having the power to get us to do what he wants before this is all said and done. Amen? Without force. How amazing this guy. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. He rebuked me. He goes, do you think I can't do this? I said, well, I know you can do this, but you got to do this in us. He says, do you think we wouldn't have had a plan that we are able to bring forth 
okay. I, I kind of think he's letting it look as bad as it can. So we'll know he did it. He's going to make the church just, everything in the church soulish is going to be shaken, shaken, shaken. They want to be able to keep their doors open. Because he's not going to share his glory with anyone anymore. He's not going to let five-fold ministry people take his place as they've always done in religion. Amen. He's not going to. He's, and we need to pray for one another. Amen. We need to pray for one another. And we need to pray for those that God's raising up in this hour. Just like he's raising up new leaders in our nation, it's a reflection, you guys, of the new leaders he's raising up in the body. New doesn't mean young. They can be young, but they're not all young. I don't want a bunch of young people who haven't gone through anything yet being the only ones leading the church and thinking they know everything. Because you don't know everything until you've had so much beat out of you of the flesh and you've learned to overcome and you know who you are in Christ and you know how to walk it out and it's, you've walked in wisdom, amen? Now, it's exciting to see young people excited about the Lord. Look at, look at how it works in, in nature. Isn't it amazing? The last generation gets to a certain level of, of t technology understanding. You know, they get to a certain level of things and then the next generation starts there. That's why you young people can do so much more on your little tiny phones than, I mean, we can give our, my sister can give her phone to her young grandchildren and they can find stuff and do stuff faster than she can. It's, it's like, I don't know how God does it, but the way he created us, the next generation starts where the last generation stops as far as their potential. Their potential starts there. They've got to build up to it. But, I mean, when it comes to iPhones and stuff, they can do that, like, in, by the time they're four. <laughs> they already passed me. Wait a minute. Okay. But that doesn't mean that the things of the Spirit, they can get there with shortcuts. Amen? It does mean they can, Paul says, follow me, imitate me as I follow Christ. In other words, he says, look, what you see me doing, you can do. What you see me interacting with God, you can interact with God. Not, I can do this, you can't. His whole way of ministry was, look, whatever you see me doing, whatever you see me doing, as I'm following Christ, otherwise forget it, you, you can do that. Amen? And so if you really look at it, every generation advances, right? But so does every generation of the demonic advance. Now, if you go to other cultures where they're not into technology, they're not, they, don't have the, uh, a, they don't have what we have for learning and teaching. You can go to some cultures, honestly, and they are so far behind in a lot of the skills and things we have in this nation. We're a very blessed nation. Amen? So, so it really does have to do with what you're around and, and, and what you're seeing and that kind of stuff really influencing you and affecting you and affecting your gifts and your talents. Well, it's the same thing in the spirit. If you're really around spiritual stuff a lot and it's real, then, then your generation, the next generation, can jump right into that. You see what I'm saying? And so I'm praying, I'm believing where we turned off a lot of people with having so much fun learning all this. I mean, we were the, we were the fortunate generation. We got to go through all the wild stuff when it was brand new, you know. If God got you into it, I mean, we were getting drunk in the Holy Ghost when, you know, we're, the kids are learning, oh, we can't get drunk. You know, we, we have to be, hey, well, you should get drunk in the other stuff. But why is your, you know, why is your mom hanging off the chandelier? You know, it's like, it's like, it's like, 
I mean, you embarrass your kids. You know, I embarrass my kids so much that they're just not sure, you know. They're, they're bored in the other kind of churches, and they've kind of judged all this so much. But as they keep seeing the fruit and the, the miracles and the things that happen, you know, God's healing where we messed up, amen, to draw them into what God's really doing. And, and then we've got to kind of let them go at it and see what God's going to do next, amen? So, so we want our identity in Christ. We don't want our identity in a certain ministry. We don't want our identity in um, one aspect of a ministry, amen? We want our identity in Christ. So study what that means. Remember, think, really get this picture. For me to be in Christ, my soul... Remember, the heart connects my soul and my spirit. My soul basically has to bust through and land at where my heart is, where my spirit meets it. And I have to begin to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Amen? And, and you can't make that happen. Let me tell you something in the kingdom. Can I just tell you how simple this is? I know nobody gets this because it's too simple. Everything in the kingdom comes by faith which is faith is the substance of things we're hoping which is earnestly expecting the things i earnestly expect and hope for that are promised to me in god's word amen i receive it's got to be things i can't i haven't seen yet amen the only time that faith will not bring what we're asking is if our motives are wrong so I'm trying to be spiritual. I'm trying to get a job. A lot of people go into ministry because they don't want to work. Well, your skill level and your gifting level is not going to be any stronger in ministry than it is in the world. So when you're all mad about people making a lot of money in ministry, those same people had all the gifting to make a lot of money in the world. Amen? And those who don't, don't. Amen? There's some extremely brilliant, brilliant uh, people in ministry. So quit being upset if they make some money doing it. Who? That's, that's between them and God. Amen? But then also don't get bent if you're not one of those rich ones. <laughs> and then only between you and God does he know what you laid down in that area. For what he's got planned amen does everybody get that so it's, it's about it's about his kingdom but it's not about i don't want to really work let me say this until you have your identity in christ you are not someone who should be in ministry amen and if i'm my identity's in christ and i no longer live but christ lives in me if my identity's in christ I don't want his, I don't want to touch his glory. I don't care about money. I know he'll take care of me. I know he'll pay the bills. I know he'll order my steps. I know he'll do everything that he's going to do because it's for his glory. Amen? And so that's why all this sanctification is to get us free from all these other things. Now, tonight I want to talk a little bit about one of the big places that people get their identity, and it makes sense, is what? In who they are in their family. Who you are in your family. Are you the good parent? Are you the bad parent? Are you the faithful son? Are you the irresponsible son? Are you the, you see what I'm saying? And are you, so 
I want everybody to take a few seconds, and I know you didn't bring notebooks because nobody ever does what I asked, but anyhow, <laughs> stop for a second. And I know young people, all your notes are on your phones. That's okay. My eSword has all my editing. Although I started my 50th, no I probably have 100 notebooks, but I started a new thing last night I'll tell you about on Sunday. It's really very cool what God's teaching me in the book of Daniel right now. But I want you to take a second and really stop and see what pops in your head first as to what is your identity in your family or what was it? So you had identity in your family as a child and you can begin to try to change that identity. This is all without Christ, right? And so what do you wanna be as a parent? And remember, everything you judged in your identity as a child, the enemy gets to make you into as a parent that's the spiritual law so the people who say I'd never do that are the ones who end up doing that amen that's a spiritual law you can't get away from spiritual law why because Satan is allowed to cash in on spiritual law see it's not like it's not like a kingdom that doesn't make sense God's kingdom seriously is very a brilliant kingdom amen and darkness operates counterfeiting or perverting or taking advantage of God's spiritual laws. Amen? So when, when they see a spiritual law, judge not least you be judged in the exact same measure that you judged, then that's a spiritual law. So they means, oh, if I could get them to judge, then I can come back and make them that same thing. Amen? That's a spiritual law. Satan understands that. A lot of the church doesn't seem to understand that. So basically, we have to break judgments, right? So we need to break every judgment we made against the parent, every judgment we made against the brother or sister or grandparent, amen? And actually, with anybody, everything you judge, you've given Satan permission, not even permission, you've given Satan authority to make you into. And if he can't get you, he'll go after your kids. And he may go after them anyway. Does that make sense? So it's so a part of your time of hanging out with God and getting in the word. Please, everybody, do this. Just do sanctification, amen? Just let Holy Spirit spend time with him to set you apart and make you holy for real, amen? So if, you're, if your identity, if you're always under condemnation or you're always struggling with torment and these things, then your identity, which should be in Christ, right, because you're all born again, but if it's not, but the, you're, you're double-minded, so you're not in Christ most of the time. Maybe some people never get in Christ yet. Doesn't mean you're not saved, amen? Because infants, the Bible says infants look just like the world. So an infant believer, and you can be a believer for 50 years and still be an infant. An infant believer, the good thing is they're still believers, right? No one's going to be tricked out of their salvation. Nobody's going to just lose their salvation because they don't know how to get free, Amen? you got to purposely sin. That's why he says those who practice sin. There's a big difference between practicing sin and not knowing it's sin. Practicing sin and fighting it. And That's why this whole thing of trying to make people who have bought the lies of our culture about not knowing your identity. Even in ways that are very scientific and easy to know. For almost 99.9% .9 of the population. When you buy into that lie, 
then you open up the door for the enemy to torment you and cause confusion and do all these things. Amen? And so we, we have to sit there and say, wait a minute. Now, I'm just going to give you some examples. I, I'm going to watch how I say that. I loved I, I listened to this thing today. I really recommend it. It was on YouTube, and it was Cindy Jacobs. I think she was leading it. It had Dutch, not Dutch sheets. It had um, Chuck Pierce and two other people on it. And I really, it was really good. And um, one thing they were saying is the church has to go back now that we're in persecution as they did in the early church. And we have to speak in a language. We have to speak in code so people don't know what we're saying, except believers. Amen? So it's very biblical. That's how the whole fish symbol got, so that they would know if you knew Christ or not. Because they would draw part of the fish, and you'd finish the fish. If you didn't finish the fish, they weren't going to tell you anything. Amen? we got to start realizing, wow, we're kind of at that place. If we don't want to have our social media cut off, which you think, well, it's not a big deal. It is a big deal if you're ministering to, to lots of pastors in other countries, and that's the way you can do it. Amen? It's a big deal. It's not worth it to me to tell you all um, how messed up certain parties are if it means I can't minister to the nations. Amen? But if I have wisdom, I can do both. Amen? And so, so when I'm in Christ, so, so I want you to stop for a second, and I want you to write it down if you got paper or your phone to write it in. What pops into your head quick as what was your identity as a child? I want you to stop and think of some of your identities. Were you the skinny one? Now, don't say yes because you're heavy now and you want to look back and think you were skinny. I'm saying if it was something that you were teased about, everybody connected you with, okay? <laughs> Amen? Were you the fat one? I mean, if, you, if, if there's an identity there, it tries to hang on to you. Amen? Because you could be fat and not be the fat one because that never phased you. It never bothered you. It never became an identity. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's something that sticks. It's something that makes you think through it. You think through that position. You think through that identity. How many know? How many know? What are they trying to do in our culture now? Try to make this a black and white issue. Try to make, right now they're trying to make white Caucasian men hate themselves. And you think, who could do that? They're doing it, people. You go to school and you hear it and you hear it and you hear it. And you can ask anyone who grew up in the 50s, 60s, and 70s who are of a black race. And there will be some exceptions, but most of them can say, yeah, they can really make you do that. Amen? TV can make you do that. Media can make you do that. Teachers can make you do that. Other people can make you do that. Right? Well, truthfully, as Christians, we should say, that's the last thing I want anybody to do to somebody else if it was ever done to you. The last thing I ever want anybody to go through is burying their child. I don't want somebody else to go through burying their child because of how painful it was. Amen? I don't To show them. Amen? So this should be like that too. And I'm just saying this because we need to get people free. So anything in your heart that's about time, they got theirs. Well, you know what? That vengeance belongs to the Lord, not us. But anything you start judging like that shows a bitterness in your heart. See, bitterness wants other people to suffer what you've suffered. And bitterness always goes back to blaming God. Can I get an amen? And let me say, I, God just has me preach what he has me preach. You need to spend that time with God and get all that bitterness out. Amen? Bitterness can be, why did God give me that father? Why did God give me that mother? 
and then let's say you have a father who, who's, who's just, you know, not there, or a father who's an alcoholic, or a father who's a drug addict, or a father who's a womanizer. Any of these things as a little kid, and you can see where that hurt the family. Maybe you personally got physically abused. Can't you see how normal it would be to judge them? Amen? And do you know that without Christ, there's nothing you can do except to take a counterfeit to handle that? Amen? So now that we are in Christ, we get to unload all the counterfeits. Amen. That's so awesome. It's not pretend. I get to get rid of those false identities. I get to break the power of those judgments. I get to be a new creation in Christ Jesus. These old things have passed away. That's not, mm, okay. It's automatically available when I'm saved. But I still have to know the truth. And then the truth sets me free. Why would I need to know truth to set me free if I'm already free the minute I'm... How many can just look at the church and know you aren't free the minute you're saved? Your soul hasn't changed. Your physical body hasn't changed. When you get saved, it is a, if it's true, the only thing that changes instantly is your spirit man gets Holy Spirit inside of it. Ho! Oh, that's salvation. Salvation is Holy Spirit just came into your spirit and brought life. Now you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Everything has changed. Why? Because I'm now in a different kingdom. I can now have authority. I can now get truth and it'll set me free. I can, everything has changed, but it is a walk. Amen. It's a walk in God. There's nothing wrong with that. It's what we're on. Amen. It's all about hanging out with God and walking with God and learning about God and learning to love, being part of his body, being part of his, his church. Amen. Isn't it cool? It's a brand new life. All things have passed away. The old way of doing things has passed away. Are all the memories gone? None of them are gone. You don't want to, you don't, we're going to do a all day Saturday teaching or something coming up soon. Because we need to break the power of all the stuff that's going to cause dementia, Alzheimer's, mental illness, schizophrenia, and all these things, which nowadays people are being set up for more than ever. Every kid in school that's taught a lie and then they have to make their mind agree with it is opening themselves up to a demonic spirit in their mind. How many know most of our politicians have already got that thing in their brain? Amen. We got the most demonized culture that we've ever had in this nation. And who's going to be the ones to set them free? Us. You. The church. We've got to quit being so bound that we can't set everybody else free. It's time to get free and set people free. Amen? It, that's what it, It's like, okay, I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. This whole stuff's going. I am, I am separating from my false identities. Amen? So you have to spend some time. I'm not, I can't go over every false identity. There's as many false identities that Satan makes available to people as there are people, right? So you have to take that time to say, okay, what, what was my identity in my family? You might have been the pretty one. You might have been the ugly one. You might have been the funny one. You might have been the funny, ugly, pretty one. I don't know. can't be ugly and pretty. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? You might, you might have been the one who looked like your dad. You might have been the one who looked like your mom. You might have been the one who looked like your aunt, somebody. Oh, you're adopted. You're the one who doesn't look like anybody. Who knows? You have an identity, right? Do you get what I'm saying? You start identifying. That's identity. No wonder we have identity politics. 
And how many know people bring all that into the church? I won't say names because I'm trying to be mature these days. But there's some really gifted musician among us. And this gifted musician among us should be able to go into town playing the drums. I'm changing the story. But the facts are true. Well, I'm just making it so you can identify who it is. But anyhow. But this person who has a wonderful, wonderful gift of playing the guitar, but they could also play the drums really well. But it was their brother who was supposed to be the drummer, and they had to be identified as the guitar player. Therefore, their heart's desire is to play the drums, and they know they could play. Actually, they've actually identified so much as the guitar player that they really get weird when they're asked to play the drums. It's like they freeze up. It's like, it's like, I can't do this. Why can't you do this? This is where you have an identity problem. Somebody's laughing like, okay, thank you for hiding that story so well. I did pretty good, didn't I? Anyhow, <laughs> she's like, boy, that's an improvement. Now I can put that one out there and, not, and pull all the other ones. Amen? Amen? Does, does this help anybody see? You've got to really take the time to see where he identified. The enemy's going to go after your true gifting by trying to have you attacked in that area. Now, that's not your identity, but I have gifts. What does the Bible say? Don't hide your talents. Amen. I know this talking about money, but it's talking about anything God's given you for his glory. Satan's going to attack those things. How's he going to do that? Through how other people identify you. No one almost talks as much as me, except for this one lady who, um, I won't say because she'll be, she won't care, who cuts my hair. She'll probably hear this, but she won't care. She's the only person I ever met who talks more than me. And, um, and people have called me blabbermouth, and I've even had ministers come here and, and say a rude thing about my talking. How many of you are glad I talk a lot? I get to everything by talking a lot. I preach and preach and preach and preach hours a week. And when I'm not preaching hours a week, I'm on the phone probably talking to somebody hours a week. You can't have hundreds of hours of teaching when you're really a complete nobody and you're okay with that. Amen. But you have something to say. Amen. So Satan's attacked. How, many, how do you know if you had it? Satan's like, you say, I'm never going to talk again. Anything you said you're never going to do again, that's not sin, is a place you identified. Somebody tried to give you an identity there, and Satan tried to attack it to make you close it down. Okay, so I am going to talk. I, the, when I quit talking is when the breath is out of my body. Amen? And then you'll really know I'm dead. Okay, like if you're, if, you know, if we don't all get raptured and I go before you because I'm almost here and I'm, I'm, I'm in that little coffin thing or however that all works and everybody, you know, if I don't say a word, you'll know. Oh, she really is dead. She didn't, she could not shut up that long. It has got to be, you said, because, break the power of everybody seeing me in a coffin. <laughs> Except I'd be in, I'd be up there in heaven going, woohoo! 
Who's going to preach next? Come on, guys. Hey, y'all be nicer to me than this. Anyhow, (laughs) I actually believe I'm going to be raptured, to be honest. But I I don't know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, but I kind of believe that. Amen? But I do know this. I'm going to be talking by God's grace every day of my life. Amen? And Satan tried to steal that. He tried to have people make fun of that. He had to, had to even pat ministers. I don't, this is what I do. Now, can I do anything else? No. When I try to make these hands play piano or, or do, I'm trying to, I'll just tell you a story. My husband, for Christmas, he saw, I think I told I asked my son, I asked my sons, we all put a little Christmas list together on, on a uh, text. And so I said, I want a sander. <laughs> My husband's like, uh, Mom doesn't need a sander. I have sanders. And I write, Honey, you don't like me to use your tools. So this is kind of funny. So John, today, he's talking about Chris. He goes, Cindy, what do you want a sander for? Well, honey, you know, I might want to do, you know, make some furniture or something, do something with furniture or something. He goes, You know, you can use sandpaper. I said, Well, I've been watching a lot of DIYs and they use sanders a lot. And um, he goes, well, I have a sander. So I said, John, you never let me use your tools. He's like, well, he's like, I really don't think you need a sander. So honey, I'm not asking you to get it. I think Mitchell likes to buy me tools. And (laughs) so we'll see what happens. But I, I did say, well, you know, to paint that tile, you're supposed to sand it first in the kitchen. So if you don't want to do it, me and this other person, I always get another person because everybody knows that I have great vision, but I have to have help ever bringing it to pass. Amen? So he's always a little bit, okay, we'll have somebody else help. But anyhow, I'm just, it's just so funny. Uh, poor, it's going to, Christmas, he's just going to be waiting to see, did anybody get her sand? He's probably paying the kids, do not get your mother a sander. Do not get her a sander. I ought to go get one and wrap it. <sighs> <laughs> I'll get his and wrap it. I don't want to go buy one. Anyhow, that would actually be kind of funny. That would be really funny. We may just have to do this. Anyhow, so, um, but I, I, my gifting really kind of stops right here. I'm so visionary. I mean, I really am. I'm really, really visionary. Like, I can see something that's a dump. You should have seen this building when we bought it. To me, it's like, oh. And then everybody else, you get ask Karen, they're all like, oh, <laughs> what are we going to do? I'm like, ah. The good thing is that her husband, who's a builder, he is very visionary too. So we fought and fought. And since I had the, I was the one who could sign the checks, he would have spent a lot more. He would have got us in a lot more money problems. But it would have looked better. But it was okay. It turned out pretty much what we wanted. Amen? And so, so it's just like, it's just this vision. Lord, what do you want? What do you want? And show me. And he wants you to have vision. But I have so much vision. It just, so everything I see, YouTube, you know, where you can watch DIYs, do it yourself, right? DIYs. Oh my God, I think I can do all that. I am painting. I'm going to build furniture. I'm going to do, okay, I tried sewing. I failed out in sewing. I sewed the front and back together like, like when you turned it inside out, part was in, it wasn't right. So 
and I had a good friend who, don't even tell anybody, I would have failed, but I had a good friend who was a seamstress, and so she ripped it apart and made me know the dress overnight so I didn't spell the exam. That was way back in junior high. Anyhow, so, or high school, something like that. I wouldn't even take home that. Anyway, but, but so, in painting, do you know how I think I can paint? Like Ricardo right now, you know, he's going to come do epoxy counters for me. He's so afraid because I keep talking about I'm going to help. My husband's even more afraid. Please don't help him. So I finally told him, look, I know I, my shortcomings. I really won't touch anything. I'll just be there with vision, okay? Anyhow, so I've learned, okay? I've learned. I'm really bad at it, all that. But it's okay because I know who God made me to be, amen? I know who he made me to be. And I now love who he's made other people to be. But your identity is not in your gifts. Amen? So your, your identity is not in your gifts. So write down where your identity was in your gifts. Amen? So you can get free. Write down where your identity was in anything that, that you wanted to make yourself into. Amen? Then look at your identities in your family. That's one of the big ones. And let me show you the scripture. This is really a pretty powerful scripture. Let me get to it. All right, Luke 14, 26. This is really powerful. Go up a little bit, though. There's a couple of these. All right, Luke 14, 25. Great crowds came together to him, and turning, he said to them, Luke 14, 25, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father, mother, wife, children, and brothers, and sisters, and besides even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. So I thought, well, let's look up and see what the word hate really means in, you know, the Greek, because we're in the New Testament. So I looked it up on this. Hate means to detest, <laughs> to love less. Okay, so what he means is if you don't love your mother, your father, your brothers, your sisters, your wife, your husband, if you don't love them less than you love God, you can't really follow God. Okay, let me say that again. If you don't love your family, the person you want to marry, the person you're married to, your own children, if you don't love them less than you love God, you can't follow God. Get that a minute. That's pretty big. And even your own self. So to truly move into a place of following Christ, really being discipled and trained up by God, you have to love everything else less than you love him. Matthew 12, 47, 12, 46. While he was speaking to the crowds, behold, his mother and brothers were standing outside seeking to speak with him. Okay, this is the point where the scholars believe they were really concerned with what he was saying because he was really saying some, you know, pretty powerful things like you got to eat. You know, it's, come on, we should all run out of a room if somebody's sitting here and says, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood or you can have no part of me, right? Like something is wrong with you if you don't run out of the room. Like you're going to drink the Kool-Aid. 
You know, I mean, you need to run, right? So anyone should have ran. The only people who should not have run are those who understood in the spirit what he was saying. Like their spirit was coming to life to know that he is actually prophesying something that, that he's going to, you know, this going to explain. Do you know how hard it would have been to hang out with Jesus close with the things he said and did? Everybody has to say, no, he said he was so offensive to the rulers. He called them names. He called a woman a dog because she wanted help for her daughter. Am I making this up? No, it means she's like, ah. but he couldn't sin. That doesn't mean you can go call somebody a dog. Amen. He was purposely offending them to see if their faith was going to get to a place to get what they were asking. Let me tell you, God will offend you. He'll offend you. And if you take that offense and turn away from God, you won't get your miracle. Why does, why does he offend? To make them see their own hearts. To make them see their own hearts. Because truthfully, if Jesus called us a dog, he'd be right. Amen? But then you would just say back, wait a minute, you made me in your image and your likeness, and you do not have puppy dog ears. Amen? And he likes that. God likes that kind of, you know, if you have the correct, if, if you have a certain friendship relationship with God, you can say things like that. If you say things like that in a flippant wrong way, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll change your mind. Amen. <laughs> All right. You'll quickly repent. All right. So he says, while he was speaking, his mother, his brothers were standing outside seeking to speak with him. One of them said to him, behold. So somebody said, hey. Your mom, your brothers, they want you to come out. They want to talk to you. It says, hey, your mother and your brothers are staying outside. They want to speak with you right now. But answering, Jesus said to the one speaking to him, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? What is he doing here? He is showing you that his identity was not in his family role. His identity was not in being a son to his natural mother, to not natural, to his flesh mother. And his role was not being a brother to his, to his flesh brothers. Right? Well, guess what? When we're in Christ, we have to have that same thing. And when God starts dealing with soul ties, which is what we call them, it's not in the word. The Bible calls them um, entanglements idolatry that's what the bible calls them so when god starts dealing with your idolatry as your position in your family you need to let him shake it amen you need to let him have it that's why all these people christians now going around saying those um what do you call it those um mama bears they they saved virginia the mama bears did not save virginia the holy spirit saved virginia because of the prayers that he put in the hearts of his people to pray in the spiritual warfare they he led them to do amen so we don't want to have a bunch of identity as a bunch of crazy, wild Christian women trying to control their children and their children's life and making a big mess. Can I get an amen? 
So everybody thinks these things are cute. These things aren't cute. They're purposely said over and over and over to identify in the wrong place, okay? You cannot protect your child. Holy Spirit can protect your child. Holy Spirit can use you to protect your child. You get to decide, is my identity in Christ where he'll show me how to protect my child or is my identity and I'm the mom, I'm, gonna protect, I'm the good mom, I'm the one who... All divorce, probably all divorce, has a little bit to do, sometimes a lot to do, with this whole idea of position and family. All jealousies, all rivalries, all getting kids to like this. You have to help people to forgive those who don't know what they're doing. And you've got to get to that place first yourself. Amen? And, and that's why the Bible says when you divorce, um, God doesn't want you to remarry. What's he talking about? It's not the unforgivable son. What he's talking about, until you quit identifying there, until you get healed there, you're just going to repeat it. You're still going to identify in the wrong place. Once you've really repented, once you've really, just like anything else, once you've really repented and dealt with your part, your issues, amen, then, and I'll, I'll just be real biblical, then if the other party has slept with anyone else, you're out of that relationship that's how much god can't stand fornication adultery just so everybody knows it's the one thing he says okay it's over we're got a culture now where that doesn't seem to phase people amen we, we have such an unclean culture and god's going to shake all that he's going to shake it he's shaking it right now amen all right so he says and it's hard to be in this young generation. That You are bombarded. It was hard in my generation. It's For those who don't pay attention, which is a good thing, it's really bad now. Like, like it's, it's 100 times worse than it was when we were young. And we weren't all that good. Everybody around. Amen. And it's 100 times worse. And then we want to get on our high position as the good moms we are, the good dads we are. You don't have, you better just stop it. You had better just pray intercede make sure you you know do all you can so your children can be connected to the headship of christ not you amen if, if you're a pastor a youth pastor especially in our culture it's not true in all the all cultures but in, in in children's church you need to make sure they're getting a real relationship with god that is so strong they're not going to want to fall into idolatry um and and, and turn against god amen you want the powerful, convicting spirit of the Holy Ghost, not the condemning guilt trip of a mom or dad. Amen? So, we, so here, he's, here he's showing us this. He says, he says to the one talking to him, um, who is my mother? They must think he's nuts. What? You know Mary. You know Mary, the donkey, Joseph. Remember, Joseph isn't around no more, but Mary's still around. You know your brothers. Now, we know one day the Catholics aren't going to think you had any, but you really do, okay? You know, and one of them, I think, is James is, you know, going to be an apostle one day. But, you know, your brothers. He had quite a few, and he had sisters. Stretching out his hand to his disciples, he said, Behold, you're my mother. You're my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven, that one is my brother, sister, and mother. What is he showing us? What I'm teaching you tonight. This is so clear. This is Jesus talking. Your identity is no longer in your natural family or your natural position in the family. 
Your identity is in Christ. Does that mean that you don't pray for your brothers? No, it, it doesn't. Mm. Okay, thank you, Lord. Okay. When my identity is in Christ, he will make me a more godly wife. He'll even make you a more fun wife. Amen. He will make you a more caring wife. If that's not happening in your life, you're still identifying in your identity that's not in Christ. Amen. So, in Christ, he actually makes, he actually works in you to make things work out better. He makes you, the, the, a spirit-led mom is going to be more um, powerful in helping her child than a um, carnal-minded, even eating of the tree of the knowledge of good mom. Amen? Did anybody get that? Like, well, it's the same thing for being a wife. It's the same thing for being a mother. It's the same thing for being a son. It's the same thing. And the cool thing, in the kingdom, there's no guilt attached. No guilt attached. No guilt, no shame. None of that's attached. What, and, okay. Mm. When I'm in Christ, I can do what he wants me to do, even if my mom takes credit for it, even if my dad takes credit for it, even if my sister or my brother or somebody takes credit for it. I, I'm not doing it. It has nothing to do with them. Amen? And so they can take all the credit. That's between them and God. So I, mm, when you get in Christ and, and he really is your identity, then your reaction to someone has nothing to do with what they did. So, so you don't make yourself show up Christmas acting like you love everybody. You show up Christmas because in Christ you love everybody. And you may know that they all talk trash about you after Thanksgiving. Not in my family. Most of us are all saved now. Almost everybody. And most in ministry. But you, see, but, but you don't walk in there with... The mean girl thing is gone. Amen? You just get, you're above it. And let me tell you, when you're in Christ and you're above it, it's awesome. It's really pretty cool. Like, how could they, how could they be doing this? How could they? Let me, let me, mm. By God's grace. Everything's by his grace. He's got to empower you to walk like this. He's got to empower you to get above everything. He's got to empower you to get rid of your false, your past identities. Amen? He's got to empower you. He's not asking you to do this in your own strength. Amen? Everything you do, he wants to give you the strength to do it. Amen? Then he gets the glory. Amen? Whew. So, it was in Christ and in that identity I was able to sing at my daughter's funeral. It was in Christ that I was able to let go of being her mother. And I, I know I've told this to people, and I was sharing with somebody recently. Sometimes you have to do, when my daughter was dead in the yard, her body was there. She wasn't dead in the yard. She was way alive and having a great time waving from heaven by then. But the Lord told me to give her to him. In other words, I didn't understand any of this back then, you guys. I didn't know anything about healing the broken heart. I knew none of this kind of thing. And, and I remember the Lord told me to give her to him. And, and I knew where I was walking with God, that if I said, Lord, she's not coming back, she's yours, she wasn't going to raise up. 
So for me, it seemed like a real decision. Am I going to obey God right now? I don't want to obey him right now. I want to keep on screaming and yelling and praying and declaring and swearing and everything else for him to put life back in her. But it was his voice who said, we're not doing it that way. Now, how did I? Because she was already there with him. She wasn't coming back in that body. I didn't have the faith for it. And I guarantee you, she didn't want to do it. Amen? And God said, I'm going to, we're going to do this a different way. It's still going to take grace. And, he, and I got the grace for it. Amen? But what I want you to see, if I identified as her mother, if I identified as the faith teacher, if I identified as the one who this can't happen to me, I would not have been able to say, I would not have agreed, I would not have said, yes, God, okay, we'll do this your way. I don't understand it, but I'm going to obey you. I remember thinking, I always obey you. I hope your new identity in Christ comes with obedience to the one called Lord. Amen. That's the whole idea of lordship. Lordship means he says it, you do it. There's, there's not like this in-between space. Amen. But if you don't identify in Christ, you can't do these things. Amen. Do you get It's in Christ he, I have grace. It's in Christ he'll teach me his way. It's in Christ that I read the word of God. It's in Christ. So we want all of the identities gone. And you can start to see where people's identities are. A lot of the times the trials that come your way is because you have an identity in something that's before you were in Christ. Amen? It's because of what you judged. It's because of where you identified. And in Christ, like all things have passed away. I no longer live. This is, this is it, you know, you've got to quit being the pair. Um, okay, I'm going to say this. Okay, I'm going to duck when I say this because I, I see things even though I may have. This does not apply to everybody. I don't stereotype. But let me just say culturally because there are a lot of single moms. Not anymore, they're in, every, they're in every race, but for a while it was really stronger percentage-wise in the black race. Because of that, I've heard over and over doing conferences, women say, well, I had to be the mom and the dad. You cannot be the mom and the dad. Amen? God says he's the father to the fatherless, and that's not going to kick in until you repent if part of you being fatherless has anything to do with you. Can I get an amen? And now we have an attack of what I just read the other day. Only 18% of this is true. 18% of marriages, I guess in the U.S., I'm not sure. must be because other cultures don't have our divorce rate. But 18%, I believe, of there's only 18% of families in America that the mom, the original mom and the original dad and the kids that are theirs and only theirs are in the household. It's the lowest in our country's history, which means we have accepted divorce as normal. We've accepted every, anything, but, anything but God's intention and how he keeps it together. There's no condemnation in Christ. We just got to sit back and go, wow, Lord, help us. Amen? So we, we don't want to identify in anything but Christ. And he will keep a marriage together. Amen? Especially if you start out doing it his way. Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Don't think you're going to change. Let me tell you what. When you marry somebody who's already got demons in them, they get worse, not better. They don't come out the minute you say, I do. The minute you say, I do, they start pulling that submission mess from the wrong spirit. Amen? Amen? Can I get an amen? 
Anyway, we're getting all that. God tells you how to do it, when to do it, then he'll have the grace. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But I, I would hope that there's not a single, single mom in here or divorced parent or divorced mom or dad in here. I would hope there's not a single one that wants that to be what happens with their children. Right? So then you need to break the power of how Satan set that stuff up. You need to break off all identity things. You need to break. See, if you identify too much as the one who never got a divorce, then you're already setting up that as an idol that Satan can attack. Amen? So between judgments and idolatry, how many know we got to die to self? Amen? Lord, forgive us. Cleanse us. Get us free. We mm. Does everybody get what eating of the tree of the knowledge and good is? It's where we constantly make all these decisions and, and, and judgments and take God's place. And then we open the door for the enemy to attack. Amen. And God says, put all of that under my blood. All things have passed away. All things are new. Your identity is new. You really break every judgment. God, I break every judgment. Amen. I just break. And then when one pops back up in your head, that means you didn't really break it, right? then get before God and take the time to break it. We Christians had better spend more time yielding to Holy Spirit as our sanctifier. Amen? We need to really, that's why I like the whole notebooks or whatever gadget you use to write things. So you can look that you've done that. So when the devil tries to torment you, you're like, oops, I did that. Get thee behind me, Satan. Amen? That's over. You don't have to keep doing the same things over and over. But I'm not just teaching to you. I'm teaching to a lot of new other people, maybe up to 6,000, who are going to some of them hear it for the first time. Amen? But I still think all of us could probably use a little cleansing from identity issues. How do I look at the... We want authority when we pray, don't we? We want authority over that. We don't want to identify with anything but Christ. All right. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven, this was my brother, sister, and mother. So let me just say this. For those who are really born again and in the kingdom of God, you have a gigantic family. You have a gigantic family. We're really, if he says, you are all my brothers and sisters because you do the will of my Father, then that means if I'm his brother and sister, then I really am your brother and sister. Amen? Okay, I got to get this. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe you have me doing this. All right. I can't believe it. How many know I, we should be able to believe it by now? Amen. If you call somebody brother or sister because of their race, that's a false identity area. Gosh, I see this. So you have to break that. Otherwise, I can never come against my brother. I can never come against my sister. And what's happening, all of a sudden, my identity is in, and everybody, we're not going to get tonight. We're going to do a whole conference coming up about how to get free from these things that Satan has set traps for us. This doesn't make us good or bad. This just makes us humans who've fallen into traps. Amen? But that's why we see people, may, not everybody, I'm not serious, I'm just saying this is a demonic spirit in our culture that says, oh, it doesn't matter if this person is a horrible evil person that you wouldn't even want to have over to your house but if somebody kills that horrible evil person and that person has the wrong skin color then what are you doing messing with my brother can we break the power of everybody to be in our brothers or our sisters what does the bible say the only person that's my brother or my sister according to god's word is those who do the will of the father so yes everybody in here is my brother or my sister amen amen 
Well, mostly I'll do the will of the Father. But anyway, those who don't, we're working on you. Amen? Do you get what I'm saying, though? Can you see where the enemy has used all these spiritual laws to keep causing all this division and chaos and mess? Is this helping anybody? Because you can really see where you identify in things that were not in, in in the past we all did it you have to identify somewhere right but all things have passed away all things become new that's the truth that's the reality in christ jesus now i've got to get my soul in alignment with god's word what's that called renewing my mind in the word of god and when I come across something in the Word of God, like a scripture like that, here's how you do it, okay? Because you don't have to be here. You just do this. Okay, it says, whoever does the will of my Father in heaven, that one, that one is my brother and sister and mother. Wait a minute. But his own brothers and sisters, they're not doing the will of the Father right then. He's not saying that's who his family is. Oh, God, forgive me. I've identified my identity is in my family or your identity is in your your um, ethnic background your identity is in your see i i don't identify as the woman who lost her child that's what people remember i i was at a um and i'm not complaining i don't care god's fine i've got grace amen but i went to a, a party and there was a woman there very sweet and years and years and years and years ago she lost her daughter died in a car accident it was really sad and and she actually the mom was in a coma and didn't even get to go to her daughter's funeral and when she came out of the coma and the mom was driving she found out her daughter was dead and anyway she, she just and and she had doctrine that wasn't pure that was causing a lot of problems and and the lord had me send her a letter which was hard to write because i had to say what the lord showed me to say that god didn't do this and blah 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 and at the time from what I said, she was really upset at first, but she got completely free. So I haven't seen her in, you know, 20 some years. And I went to a party. She was there and I didn't recognize her, but she runs up. She goes, oh, you're the lady that lost your daughter, right? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, but and she hugged me out, but she just thanked me. And, but it's like, I'm a, how many of us will say, okay, when we look, when we see Paul in heaven, we're going to say, oh, you're the one on the Damascus road, right? You're the one thrown off the horse and went blind. And aren't, you're the one who killed all those Christians. But then you're the one who got shipwrecked and got bit by a snake, right? None of those are his identity. Amen. His identity was in Christ, but those were his testimony. Those were the things you remember, but he can't get his identity there. We don't want to get our identities that we're the one who raised the dead or we're the one who healed the sick or we're the one. We want that to happen, right? Amen? But we can't have our identity anywhere except in Christ. Is this making sense? Is this helping? We need to shed these identities. We need to step out of these identities. You need to step out of the identity as the pretty one, as the ugly one, as the skinny one, as the fat one, as the drug addict, bad child, as the alcoholic, as the, um, you know, as the woman, whatever. Amen. As the mom of the good mom. Oh, I'm the good mom or the bad mom or, the, you know, all of it. Let it all go. Amen. Let it all go. I no longer live, 
So all my past identities have been crucified with Christ. Amen? And I am now a new creation in Christ Jesus. How many know the world and even a lot of the religious church people, they don't want to, I'm not a Methodist, a Baptist, a Pentecostal, a whatever else they've labeled everybody. Amen? I am in Christ. I'm in Christ. People, well, what church do you go? What, what's your denomination? Who's your covering? All I know is I believe the Bible and Holy Spirit preaches the Bible through me. That's what I know. Amen? I tell people, whatever's in there, I just believe it. If it's in there, I believe it. I believe it and I do it because it's in there. Amen? So I'm going to tell you, if you could st- quit identifying, especially if the enemy used an abusive parent to put an identity on you. You need to take time, get your notebook, amen, and write what those identities are. And then do something prophetic. Put an X through them and write beside them who you are in Christ. You don't have, you just, boo, I'm in Christ. And, and look at the scriptures where he says, um, if you give him, he'll give you, um, what is it, joy for sorrow? Or what is it? A spirit, praise for heaviness, right? Is that what it is? Where's that at? Isaiah 61. I should know. That is our ministry's. Isn't that our ministry logo or something? I knew that. IRS people who keep letting, or whoever it is that says I can have my, whatever it is I have. Isaiah 61, one through something ministry or something. They tried to take it from me because I wasn't putting it on things. So I started putting on things again. All right. Don't take it from me. Isaiah, would you 61? I want you to see here, God's kind of changing identities for you. Okay. The spirit of the Lord Jehovah is on me because Jehovah has anointed me to preach the gospel to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. That means heal the brokenhearted. This this is actually my scripture. It's also in Luke 14. To proclaim liberty to the captives. And complete opening to the bound ones. Completely setting those free who are completely bound. Whew, that's deliverance power. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to point those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. That's where they got the name. To give them beauty for ashes. So you take your ashes. What's an ash? It's a burnt up place that at one time had some life to it, but then it got burnt up. And God says, give me the ash and I'll give you the beauty. He doesn't say you can have both. He doesn't say you can have both. You cannot be who he's called you to be and be identifying with your past sin. You cannot be who he's called you to be and identify with your past hurt areas. You cannot be who he's called you to be and identify with your past. Amen? You, you give him that, and he says, now this is what you are. You give him that, and then he says, this is what you are. You can't keep fighting. Mm. Fighting an identity that the enemy put on you will never work. Coming into agreement with what Christ says about you and then walking into that reality in Christ is what's going to change you. 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for, earnestly expected, but not seen yet. So you'll never get healthy trying to get healthy. You'll get healthy when you begin to see yourself healthy, begin to trust that God can make you healthy, then he's going to pour out the grace to make it happen. And he will, he will seriously change how you think about things. I'm, I'm, gonna say this, I'm not going to say names because I'm being nice. Did anybody read that article about what a certain hamburger place puts in their hamburgers? I, I would never, by God's grace, eat there again, even in another country. Anyhow, I'll tell you after the message today. <gasps> it's really bad. Did you see it? Oh, my gosh. Anyway, all right. <laughs> now everybody's like, if she doesn't tell us, we won't eat any hamburger places. Well, that might be a good idea. All right. <laughs> Put it this way. If you can buy a hamburger cheaper than you can buy hamburger meat, there may be an issue. My thing is, if that hamburger isn't at least 4 or $5 from now on, I'm not buying it. Just saying. <laughs> that just messed up some of y'all's fast through the lines. Anyway, do what you want. Just remember, no poison shall harm you. Praise God. All right. He has scriptures to help the people who can't afford four, five dollar hamburgers. All right. <laughs> to give them beauty for their ashes. Okay, listen. To give them their oil of joy for mourning. In other words, you have to give him your mourning. Let me say it this way. When he gives you his joy, you better let go of the mourning really quick. By his grace, he's going to come and he's going to go, look, I'm going to give you beauty. Give me those ashes. I'm going to give you joy. Give me that mourning. People got upset because God gave me joy and took my sorrow and grief the night my daughter died. It was 30 years ago. How many, at least by now, can say it was real? Amen. For I was just watched and watched, and people said, she's going to fall by. People prophesied over me false. And I'm not making fun of them. God gave me the grace. God gave me the grace to show this is real. This is real. Amen. Thank God. And you, I, mean, I don't judge others. You read other people's stories. You try to help them, and they're like, well, everybody grieves differently. Well, no. According to God's word, we don't grieve like the world as a people without hope. Now, I would say, let's get everybody saved, amen, because it's going to be a little sad if somebody goes to hell and not heaven. It's gonna be a, you're still going to have to trust that God is bigger and that he's going to take, he'll take care of it and that he gave that person every option. And, but, but our part is to be his His mouth amen our part is to love unconditionally our part is to be led by him lord show me how to see this person saved and let me say you can have a promise okay promises are good from god but then there's some things he's going to do in obedience and the other people have to bow to him amen and you have to get to a place to get to a place to realize i don't want heaven full of people who don't want jesus christ as lord i don't want to go to earth part two but in a nicer place. Amen? Get free from... Hmm. Get free from this false identity. 
Jesus only wants those to be his brothers and his sisters and his mother and have any authority as a family in his life who do the will of the Father. We need to begin to pray more for these people we love to do the will of the Father. Amen? We need to realize they're the ones who are really the sons and the daughters of God. They're the ones that, you know, that are going. We need to begin to pray that they do the will of the Father. Amen? And we need to know that if Jesus Christ himself could look at, know that his mother and his brothers are outside the door and say, that, that's not my family. My, he didn't say they're not. He goes, here, let me tell you who my family is. It's those who does the will of my father. Now, all of them ended up coming online with that. Amen. They're all in heaven now. I don't think any of them didn't make it from anything I can find in scripture. Amen. They went on to minister. But what I'm saying is we got to get free from soul ties or entanglements that our whole focus is on that person's going to go to heaven no matter what. They're going to be heaven no matter what. The truth is you got to give that to God because your identity is not as their mother. Your identity is not as their fa- as the father, as the brother. It's, that's not your identity now. Your identity is in Christ. And in Christ, those who do the will of the father are your brothers and your sisters. So the big prayer would be, Lord, would you please move in a powerful way that they would come into the kingdom? I would love for them to be my brothers and my sisters. Amen. Lord, I want them in the kingdom. Amen. The truth is when we get to heaven, you'll understand it and you'll understand every opportunity they had to accept Christ. He'll show you every place that he reached out his hands to them. And that's the place where you just have to speak the truth in love. Amen. And when God gives you a promise, believe it. But open your heart to see how do I pray this? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to be quiet about? Amen. I mean, honest to goodness, the way people talk anymore at funerals or even everybody is. You, you could have just murdered a million people that have five seconds to repent and they're still going to say you're in heaven. Maybe not that many people, but you know, <laughs> say, do you, the only, you can be a really good person, quote unquote, according to eating of the tree of good and, and go to hell. The people who are in heaven are those who accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life and quit practicing sin. Amen? So we need to be serious about how to pray and how to seek the Lord, but we have to break off entanglements, which is what? Identifying with my roles from the past. And when you get free in that, you'd be amazed at how people get saved. I don't know that there's almost anybody that I've been praying for who's not saved once I got free from that. Amen? And then tell them that. In love, you know, the Bible says that those who do the will of the Father are the brothers and sisters of the Lord. I'm praying for you to do the Father's will. Amen? Do not make someone feel secure in their sin as if they're still going to be in heaven. The Bible says some have to be snatched through the flames. So if you have a hard-headed person who loves sinning, maybe they've been really wounded or whatever, maybe they've been hurt, you need to start praying, Lord, even if you have to snatch them through the flames, please get them before they die. It's for man to die once. And before he does, he has to repent. Which means really, really see where he sinned against God. Amen? So we need to be mature in our prayers. We need to be free from soul ties. 
We need to be free from entanglements. We need to be able to really pray. We need to see what the real issues are and begin to pray and intercede and take authority and, and bind and loosen whatever we need to do. Amen? All right, everybody still nice to me? All right. So he's going to give us the oil of joy. Think about that oil of joy. That's like he's going to drip his anointing all over you instead of having you mourn and be sad. The mantle of praise instead of the spirit of infirmity. One of us says the mantle of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. Which means he's going to come on you when you begin to let him grace you with praise and worshiping him than the spirit of heaviness. I like that one better because that's the one I experienced. When I got in that closet, in my daughter's closet, when the, the night, the day she died, but that night, and I began to praise God, I began to thank him for real, that he was real, that she was in heaven, that I'd see her again, that he was going to get us through this. I just got the mantle, if you want to call it the mantle of praise. What is it called in other, let me see what it's called in other translations. Let me see what it's called in King James. Um, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. It, it is. It was like, it really is like a garment that came on where I just began to worship and worship and worship and praise and went from praise to worship and all the heaviness left. All the spirit of, of grief left. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh. And I said, Lord, how did that happen? He took me to a scripture. It said, Sor um, sorrow shall flee from you. You shall obtain joy and sorrow shall flee from you. And I was like, what? And I thought, it's a spirit. Only spirits can flee. So I thought, wow, Lord, I obtained your joy because I did things your way, led by your spirit, your grace, began to praise you. You took away the enemy's plan to put me through mourning and grief and sorrow and try to destroy me. You destroyed his plan. How cool is God? How big is God? And you gave me a mantle of praise. How awesome is God? And I remember thinking, I remember thinking, I, I literally had this thought, oh my gosh, if you did that, then all the rest you've done too. And that was it. I knew you could be healed. I knew you could be set free. I knew you could raise the dead. It was like this light bulb went on and said, wow, if he could take my sorrow and my grief, because it's very spiritual, you guys. It's a horrible thing. If he could take that in one day because I begin to praise him and that praise full of, from his grace, led by his spirit. But when that happens, boom, the spiritual part of the enemy has to leave and it's replaced with something from God. Amen. It's real. It's not try to work it up in your head and try to make, I didn't try to make something good come from something evil. Amen. How many people see people that tried to do that and then they end up, they still end up all wrecked and messed up. It's not my job to try to make something good to come out of what Satan did to destroy me. Amen. I was never even thinking of trying to make something good out of it. And then without even trying, God has me write a book. I don't know. Have you seen another book? No, because I don't like writing books. It's not that easy for me. And then what? An orphanage in India named after. Did I try? No. I just said, somebody on Facebook, do you want me to come to India? Because I had a dream with some Indian kids in it. Amen? I mean, I, I'm going, Lord, what are you doing? How are you doing this? And people, he's just beginning. We haven't hardly started yet. He's amazing. Amen? He's amazing. Because praise is powerful. If you want to end your pity parties, and I know you have, very proud of you. <laughs> it, oh, let me, people are watching. If you want to end your pity parties and you want to exchange your infirmity 
or your depression or your anxiety or your fear, start to praise him. Start to praise him. Start to praise him. Put on a garment of praise. A garment, that means cover yourself in praise. And he, by his grace, will take the infirmity. He will take the heaviness. Amen? God wants all this to happen, so we are called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, in order to beautify him. And we will keep going. But anyway, oh, going down to Isaiah 61, 6. But you shall be called. I want you to say, I shall be called. Priest of the Lord. Priest of Jehovah. We are priests and kings unto the Lord. Women and men. Born again of the Spirit of God. I'll just stick that out there because y'all know me. Men, you are not the priests of the home. But if you want to be the priest of the home, vacuum, do dishes, clean, do whatever you want to get that home in perfect shape. And I'm sure your wife will be perfectly happy to let you be priest of the home. Priests and kings are what God calls his sons and his daughters. Amen? I'm the priest of the home. Here's the vacuum cleaner. Go at it. All right. We're to become, he says, we shall be called priests of Jehovah. It will be said of us that we are ministers of our God. We shall eat the wealth of the nations and we shall reveal, revile in their glory. Oh, here we go. Keep going. Six, 61, seven. Instead of shame and disgrace, he's going to give us double back. Double. So what's the opposite of shame? Honor. Right? Honor. So instead of shame and disgrace, he's going to give you honor and favor. Double. I love this about God. He goes, I'm not just going to make it even. I'm going to give you double. You're going to rejoice in your portion, for you shall possess a second time in the land. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. It's, it's a covenant with us. He keeps it going, the whole thing. And he talks about it again in Jesus himself when he declares who he is, uh, declares that entire thing in the book of Luke. I think it's 4. Is it Luke 4, 14? Probably. Huh? 4, 18? Yeah. So, but that that's like our ministry's that's what the Lord gave us for this ministry. But, but I want us to see that whole thing is about identity, isn't it? That whole thing is about letting go of the identity you had before Christ and embracing who you are, what? In Christ. Has anybody caught the theme of the last couple of weeks? I'm in Christ. I'm a new creation in Christ. All things have passed away. So how do you get there? You get there... By having faith. I believe that God says I'm in Christ because I'm born again. Amen. I believe because he says that I am a new creation in Christ. And all this old stuff the enemy's done is going to be done away with in Christ. I believe it. Amen. I believe it. Can I, can I just help you guys with this? Your part is to see it in the word. Embrace it. Say yes to it. And open your hands up like you really expect to get it right now. Amen. That's it. He's not trying you to work for it. He's not trying. He's not. He, you can't do it. You can't do it. Can I get an amen? Y'all should know that. He's not asking you to do it. 
He's asking you to agree with him. And then watch him do it. I mean, just watch him do it. I was talking earlier, and we'll end up with this, you know, that somebody from their hurt past had taken on a counterfeit grace. What's it, what would a counterfeit grace look like? It's going to empower you to look like you overcame being abused, even though you didn't know God. How many know you cannot overcome being abused without, know, without knowing God? You cannot overcome anything without knowing God. False religions will not make you an overcomer. Amen? But Satan has counterfeits of everything that God has real. So that laughing or that happy, that everybody, oh, they're so happy. Well, are they joyful? Joy is something you have no matter what's going on. Amen? Now, the counterfeit, the devil might have you laughing at very inappropriate times because it's all a counterfeit to make you stand out as foolish, to make you, you know, try to give you something foul, to, to something to turn people off. Amen? But when you have the real joy of the Lord, you don't turn people off. You make people say, wow, I want what they have. Amen? When you have the real fruit of the Spirit, people want what you have. Total strangers, you know, after you talk to them for a little bit, they're all like your best friend and they want everything you have in Christ. Amen? And then you're not trying to preach at them. You just, I talked to somebody from who's going into the Airbnb actually in two days. And very nice. They're dedicated uh, Catholic. But we talked for two hours about God. We were like best friends by the time we finished talking on the phone. And the Lord does this over and over and over. Even if you're standing in line somewhere, I don't try anymore in the flesh to think, what can I say to witness about Christ? He just comes out of me wherever I am. I, anybody, I don't care where I am, you know, most of the time, people behind me hear me talk about Jesus, the cashier. I don't talk down to them. I don't patronize. I just talk about him. And I'm, I don't know what they say when I leave, but they may say, she, that woman really, she, like she knows God. Like she really thinks she knows. They don't even say she, they're probably, she really does know God. Then I come back, they don't run and hide. They come over and start talking to me again. And then we've got to get free from huh, having an identity as a five-fold minister. I'm going to say this is going to make some people happy. Your identity is not being a teacher. Your identity is not being a pastor. Your identity is not being a prophet. Your identity is not being an apostle. Well, who did I leave out? Evangelist. Your identity is not being an evangelist. Your identity is in Christ. The calling might make you, the calling might be, Holy Spirit's going to teach through you. Holy Spirit's going to prophesy through you. Give revelation through you. Holy Spirit's going to evangelize through you. Holy Spirit's going to bring forth and the pure word of God and organize different knitting together of people in an apostolic way and bring power. Amen? Do you understand what I'm saying? That's not my identity. That's how God is going to flow through me because he's called me and he's chosen me, so he's going to flow there. Amen? But my identity is in Christ. We all, as born-again believers, have the exact same identity in Christ. Amen? I want you to have that freedom. I, we don't compare each other. We don't compare ourselves. We, I know we got to quit eating the tree of natural goodness to not compare ourselves. But then we, when we get really free to identi identify in Christ, we can actually enjoy the rest of the body. We can even enjoy when people are being goofy. Amen. It's like, oh, that's not true, but God will show them. Amen. You can sit there and go, oh, I remember when I thought that, Lord, and you sure did change me. Amen. And instead of, so then you can just cheer people on. Amen. No, okay, God is able. What does he say in his word? Who are you to judge another man's servant? For to his master, he can stand or he can fall. And then God adds this, I'm going to make him stand. 
And the Lord will say to me, do you think that they're going to be in heaven? I'm like, yeah. Because you're going to make them stand. They're going to really repent. They're going to see this thing. They're going to turn it around. I was talking to somebody recently who just got really stuck in a bitter place about someone who they felt had hurt them. And I'm not saying this person really hurt them, but they felt that they were hurt by this person and they justified some of their things they did by blaming this person. And I'm not the referee that's between them and God. But this person died. <laughs> like this person died, they're gone now. And when you bring up this person, you're not, this bitter, nasty stuff. And so finally I said, I said to this person, I said, well, I thought you said that person was born again. Oh, they are, they are. And fortunately, this person believes one saved, always saved. So made this a little easier. And I said, well, were they, were they saved or were they not saved? Oh, they were saved. I said, so you're so hateful talking about a person who's right now standing in the very presence of Jesus Christ, who sees all things clearly, who's been completely forgiven by God and is in the kingdom. Why are you still talking about them that way? And it actually helped that person to wake up and stop. Amen? But you have to do this stuff in love. You have to pray, Lord, what do I do? How do I do it? Show me how to do it. Amen? Because that bitterness will just keep on and on and on. And that, that honestly was the first time I haven't heard that kind of conversation in years. Because somehow there was enough truth in that that it actually broke through this person's hurt. Amen? And that's where we're to be, ministers of reconciliation. Ministers of reconciliation. We're all called to be that. So, as we're, so when I identify in Christ, he's going to make me one to reconcile. Amen. He's going to make me one to want to reconcile marriages. He's going to make me one to want to reconcile friendships. He's going to be one who's going to make... But, but my identity is just in Christ. Does everybody get this? My identity is not in being an American. I just happen to be an ambassador in America. My identity is not being British Caucasian. It just so happens that my ancestry goes back to Britain. Like 99%. I was hoping I had some variety in there. you think with dark hair, I'd have a little variety. In. Anyway, but 99% or something. I think 97% or something, according to those DNA things. I'm just pure British. I don't speak. I wish I had that accent. I don't like their accent. But anyhow, I could talk faster. I do, I do have a little tiny Polish, Polish, Polish Jew in me. And then my mom... They really do say that Native American doesn't show up in most of those because there's not enough in the database. And seriously, I, I had a grandmother who, no kidding, had a lot of Native American in her. But I'm just saying, but that's not my identity. That's another whole teaching. Go get how he taught me about that one. You know, mm, this is it. We'll end on this. When you identify in any of these other things, you make a way for the devil to bring those curses on you from that identity. How many want extra curses on them? Oh my gosh, think of all the curses these people are who are identifying as anything they want and changing it every other day. Do you really want to identify there and take those curses on you? Amen? It's for freedom he sets us free. So Father, we just come before you, Lord, and I thank you this week, Lord, as our identity is in you. That people here, some of them are going to be led by your spirit to get out their notebooks or their, or their 
tablets or cell phones or whatever they use and begin to take some of these things, Lord, and see these these past identities, Lord, and put an X through them, Lord, and put in Christ beside it. And put another X and put in Christ by it. And put another X and put in Christ by it. Even identities they've taken on as Christians, such as prophet or evangelist or minister or pastor or counselor or whatever God, that they would put an X on that and say, in Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can flow in all the gifts of the Holy Spirit because it's him. I am the temple that God dwells in. How cool is that? Lord, I think you right now as you're moving in this place and those watching, that people are, are walking out of their past identities and walking into who they are in Christ. Thank you for healing the brokenhearted places. And I'm just seeing in my spirit, I'm just seeing like the Lord's taking some people, especially some people who are watching. And it's like, you know what? Your identity has been running from your pain. And it hasn't worked. And I see the Lord saying, wait a minute. Say that you're not who the enemy said that you were. Say that you're in Christ. And then he's going to take you by the hand and have you face that identity that Satan gave you that hurt so much. And then as a person in Christ, you're going to be able to forgive. As a person in Christ, you're going to be able to bring forth truth out of the lies. As a person in Christ, that hurt place in you is going to be completely healed, set free, and you're going to be made whole. Oh. So Lord, I thank you for how awesome you are. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you. And we want to be your sons and daughters, led by you, Holy Spirit. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you love this teaching, and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.